Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So just stand with me as I pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for your presence. Father, we thank you for your consuming fire, Father. We thank you, Father, for the greater one on the inside of us. And we thank you, Father, that we are anointed for such a time as this, Father. We thank you that we are a generation that no eye has seen and no ear has heard of, Father. We praise you and thank you that you're pulling that out of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk to you guys about why we are qualified and authorized to rise by God, the greater one on the inside of us through Jesus Christ. Amen. That we're, you know, that it's something special about the authority of the Father, our Heavenly Father. And I know um, just even naturally there's power in the authority of, um, of the Father, even in my own house. I don't know about you guys that um, with your siblings, like when it's time for you to do something and they say you can't do it, you go to your dad. Like, Daddy said that I can do this. Daddy said I, it's my turn to watch TV, that I can go with you guys, I can play with you guys. That there's authority in what the Father says you can do. I know um, it was one time I pulled it on my mom. So <laughs> she, uh, they were going out to eat, you know, with friends. And no matter how old you get, your parents still don't want you to come out to eat with them. Like, you know, when you're a baby, it's obvious because you're crying and screaming. But I'm older now. Like, I can hold an actual conversation. Like, I should be able to come to eat with you guys and your friends. But I was teasing her, and uh, she was getting ready, putting her makeup on. She was happy. She was going to Longhorns with some friends. And I came in there. I was like, so where are we going to eat? Daddy said, I can come. And she looked at me, and she started walking out. Keith, Keith, <laughs> did you say she could come? But, you know, I was just joking with her. I didn't really want to go. I already ate. But there's authority in what the Father says you can do and what the Father says you can be. Amen. So the word rise it means to increase, to come into more. So he's, he's given us authority, and he has qualified us to rise and to come into more. Amen? And as we're coming into more, that we have to understand that there is oppositions out there. That you guys come in here to this youth camp, that you're going to rise, you're going to come into more. And that the devil sees that. It's a big threat, you guys, being in here in the Spirit, Word, Youth Conference. That that's a threat to him. So he sees us rising and coming in into more, that there's going to be oppositions as soon as you leave camp, you know, to steal the seeds and the impartations that you just received. So I just want to encourage you guys why you are authorized. Because when you understand why and how you're authorized and how you, you have the authority to rise, that nothing can stop you. The oppositions that are there can't even stop you from rising. Amen? So um, turn to First John 4, 4. Amen? So we have to, you know, keep it moving, not just at camp, but keep it moving even past you know, the, you know, the oppositions that are there, the temptations that are there after we receive this. Because I know me personally, um, you know, I've been going to camp since I was 12. And, you know, I've always on fire. I've got on fire. You know how we all do. And then after camp, you know, the devil comes to steal your word, to steal the fire that you just received. And a couple times he's got me. He's got me. <laughs> but we have to say no more to that, that we're going to stay in the fire. We're going to stay rising, that we're not going to stop. We're not going to have to wait to the next youth camp to keep moving forward, to keep rising. But we're going to continue to keep going to greater to greater. Amen? So 1 John 4, 4. And it says, oh, wait, some of y'all turning. We want everybody there. Amen? That we're getting in our word, that there's power in the word. There's power in the spirit. Um, it was really good uh, last night that Pastor Alvin was pulling out the significance of our word. Because that, um, in uh, Isaiah 34, 16, it talks about how she should not be without her mate. And it's talking about the word and the spirit there, that the word, word, in um, the Greek it means seed, which also means sperm. So we have a seed, those words are our seeds and that we're speaking them out. And we're not just speaking them out into 
the earth, but we're speaking them out into the spiritual realm, that the songs we're singing, that when we're singing that with the worship team, that we're singing and we're speaking those things out into the atmosphere, into the supernatural, not just into the earth, not just out into the people hearing us singing, but we're speaking them out into the supernatural, that things are going to be birthed when word and spirit meet, things are birthed. That's how the earth was created, because God is a spirit. In his word together, it created the earth. So we have to understand the significance of the word that we're getting here and the spirit that is on the inside of us together, that, that's a threat to the devil, okay? So 1 John 4, 4, and it says, Ye of God, ye are of God, little children, amen? Once again, the father and child relationship, that we have to come to him as a father. And it says, Ye have overcome them because greater, 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 greater. Say that with me. When I say great, I want you to say great. And you have to be louder than me because you're saying the greater part. Okay, so we're going to try this. Great. 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 Amen. The greater one is on the inside of you, okay? So that word greater, it's used when compared to something that is greater. Can I get um, three volunteers? Three? Okay. Okay. You get team competition points if you come up here. I'm just playing. <laughs> okay, let me get Demet, you, um, and you. Okay. Diamond, can I get those points? Okay. So once again, that the, you know, graders use when compared to something. I know you guys are out of school, but we're just going to do some math problems to understand the power of greater. I know this is summer. that up, okay? So, Demeek, I want you to just write a number. Just write a number. Write it on the board. And you pick a number, too, and write it on the board. Amen? So, once again, the word greater is used when compared to things. That it's used in math with inequalities. When things are not equal, that the greater sign is used, okay? So, let's see, Demeek, it's not, okay. They're changing their numbers. <laughs> okay. Amen. So, does she hold the sign right? Yes, yes, that 10 is greater than 7, okay? So let's, higher, okay. So do it one more time, let's do it one more time, just so we understand. But those are magnets, those, those are not the erasers, but you can use it to erase if you want. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, up high. So help her out. Which way does the sign go? Yes. Zero is less than four. Or if you read it backwards, four is greater than zero, okay? Now, um, I want you to write God on there. Write God on there. Okay. And then you can put that board down. So let's think about some of the things that, you know, God is greater than. You know, what are some things that we can face? Anything? Yeah. Huh? Everything. Let's name some things. <laughs> poverty, okay. Let's say he represents poverty. Isaiah, come up here. What's another thing? Temptation. Cancer, okay. One more person, and let's name something else. Depression. Come up here, Stephanie. You said it. Okay. So now let's see where does the sign go. Hold it up. Okay. Demique, hold yours up. Okay. So God is greater than, than temptations, than what was yours? Depression. He's greater than poverty. He's greater than all these things that we can face in the earth. 
that he's greater, that he's telling us that he's greater. Amen? So y'all be seated. Y'all be seated. Thank you. Let's give them a round of applause. That they get team competition points. No, I'm <laughs> uh, amen. So, yeah, that word greater is used to, to compare to something. It's also used when compared, to, you know, in comparison to larger. What is larger? What is stronger? I know in uh, Numbers 13, when the children of Israel were sent out to spy out, you know, the, the city that they were going to take over, that some of them came back with a report looking at their opposition, that they're greater, they're giants in there, their walls are tall, they're stronger than us in there. But then, you know, Joshua and Caleb came back with a report looking towards God, the greater one, that yes, we can take it. Yes, we can go over there and take the city because they're looking at the greater that's on their side. So we have to understand no matter what our oppositions are after camp to take away, you know, the seed and the fire that we receive, the impartations that we receive, that there's greater on the inside of us to cause us to keep rising, not just at youth camps every year, but to keep rising through the year, every day going from glory to glory, every day going from greater to greater. Amen? Amen. So it says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So once again, that there's different spirits in the world, okay? That there's spirits of murder out there that you can see on the news and things like that. And that can put fear in people. But he's saying that I have already overcome the spirit of murder. I have overcome the spirit of poverty. I've overcome the spirit of loneliness. That sometimes we can get loneliness walking, you know, moving into greater that sometimes you have to leave some people behind. And that can be a fear to some people to leave some friends behind, but he said, I'm greater than that, that I'm greater than any loneliness that you can experience, that I'm greater than that. So there's things that we can experience, or even going back home to, let's say that your parents aren't even as spiritual as you are, or whatever, that sometimes that's a fear to go back home to, that I don't have people at home supporting me, but he's greater than that, he's greater, <laughs> he's greater than anything that we can go home to and face throughout our days and our lifestyle, that he's greater than that. So we have to understand that moving ahead, the reason why we're ri- that the reason why we're rising is because we are qualified to rise. We we have authority to rise by the greater one on the inside of us. Amen. Okay, so that you know that we we have to be representatives of him in the earth of greatness. Okay, how many of y'all have ever worked in like retail? Retail. Okay, um, I have. I know my first job was at like what was it? Eric Abercrombie. I think it was one of them. One of those. You know. Those, it was really popular back then in high school. But I worked at, you know, it was Abercrombie. And when I went in there, like orientation and everything, that they, they give you like a list of rules of being an employee and all this stuff. And one of the rules is that you cannot wear another clothing of their competitor. Like, so I couldn't come in Abercrombie wearing um, a Air Apostle. No, that's where I worked. I worked at Air Apostle. So I couldn't come into Air Apostle wearing Abercrombie. Amen. So us as the citizens of God, that we should not be walking around the earth wearing representation of fear, wearing representations of less than, wearing representations of what is opposing God, that we are supposed to be in the earth representing and wearing what our kingdom represents, what our God represents. That's what we are to wear and walk around in the earth. So we are not to wear, you know, quick, throw away those clothes, <laughs> throw away the garments of fear of depression and all of that and put on the garment of greater, the garment of his, you know, the glory, put on his glory, that we are to behold his face, to image him in the earth. Amen. Amen. So um, you don't have to turn there, but write it down. First Corinthians 16, verse nine. And it says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. So this is, uh, he's talking about how he's coming into a, 
a, a door of more. He's coming into more. Once again, that word rise means to increase, to come into more. So he's talking right now that he's coming into more and that there is at this door of more, that there are adversaries waiting for him at the door, okay? Have y'all seen that viral video of the, the guy in the jail? And he was like, I was waiting for you at the door. You know, he was talking. To, so we have, you know, we, had, we have adversaries trying to, to front at the door of more, trying to front at the door of greater. But we have to understand that he said, I've already overcome them. Everybody that's waiting for you at the door, I've already overcome them. So we have to understand that. So he's saying that there's going to be adversaries. He's warning you that you're going to go through trials and tribulations, that you're going to have people coming against you, but you have the advantage. You have the greater one on the inside of you, okay? So even when you look at, um, I believe it's, it was in Acts 6, that where the disciples started to multiply, they started to increase, that uh, in verse 1, it talks about how they were increasing by number, by day and all this. And then it was a comma. And then right after it says there was complaining and mummering amongst the group. That, that the devil saw the, the disciples increasing, coming into more. And then he tried to put a get amongst them strife. He tried to put amongst them, you know, um, mummering and complaining against each other. So we have to understand that that was a tactic of the devil. So we have to understand when we get home, there might be some opportunities of strife. There might be some opportunities of challenges, of arguments, but the greater one. And then later on in that chapter, um, that because of the mummering and complaining about, you know, setting the tables and feeding everybody, that uh, they, the disciples, they, they said, appoint amongst you them that are, like, filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that it's going to take people that know the greater one on the inside of them to, to escape opportunities of strife. And when you look at um, Genesis 2, Adam, you know, after Adam was created, God saw that he was lonely in the garden, and he created Eve. And everybody know that means multiplication, okay? So then chapter 3, who comes and shows up? Satan. So he comes to tempt her to eat the apple. So anytime we are coming into more, anytime we are rising up, that there are going to be adversaries waiting for you as soon as you get on the bus. As soon as you get on the plane, as soon as you get in the car, there's adversaries. But once again, it's nothing to fear because the greater one is on the inside of us. That there are oppositions, but there is a greater one on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. So we have to understand that, yeah, his spirit, he, his spirit qualifies us, and his word gives us authority. So we have authority, and we have qualification to rise. Amen? So turn to John 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33, okay? And it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in ye, that in me, ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome them. So in the world that we are going to experience complications, okay? But we have the greater one on the inside of us once again. That tribulations, you know, afflictions, that could be stress. I know you guys are in high school, like, you know, school, that's stressful, you know, trying to get tests and all that stuff. But you have the greater one on the inside of us. Another meaning of the word greater, it means elder, okay? So, look, you guys have an elder on the inside of you. So, when it comes to, you know, trying to find answers and things like that, that you have the elder, not just an elder, but the elder, the oldest being on the inside of you, giving you answers, giving you wisdom. So, there is no reason, even when it comes to answering problems, that you have to understand that the greater one is on the inside of you. When you come to test and things like that, you need to study. But also, the greater one is on the inside of you. Amen? You got to help him out when it comes to making A's. You can't just like, greater one. But no, you have to also study with it, okay? But you have an elder on the inside of you. Amen? Um, 
Yeah, okay. So tribulations, that some of our tribulations and things like that could be even self-identity, you know, realizing who we are in Christ. But just like um, we have to understand that in the word that we find ourselves, in the word we find our identity. Just when, um, just like Peter, when Jesus asked, he was asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And then he went to say, who do you say I am? And he said that you are the son of the living God. And then because he knew who he was, he got a response about who he was. That in the word, that when we're face to face with God, that when we understand who he is, we're going to understand who we are. We're going to get an answer of who we are. Amen? Amen. So um, Romans 8, 11, it talks about, you know, the spirit that we have on the inside of us. That it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That it's alive in our bodies. That it can quicken our mortal bodies. So even sickness can't stand against the greater one on the inside of you. Okay? And um, I always like looking back at the crucifixion of Jesus because it's always great to remember what, he, you know, what he went through for you to be where you are today and for us to rise up and enter into greater. And uh, I was reading this scripture. It was in Luke 22. And it was talking about, you know, everything that he went through, the beatings and everything that he, you know, the piercing on the side. But it was one verse that was talking about how they blindfolded him and then started beating him. And then they were like, um, prophesy, who hit you? And I'm like, those are fighting words. Like, me? Right there. I would have took the blindfold up. My angels would have descended down, you know. But we have to understand it was a spirit on the inside of him that caused greater love to come out. That he was doing that even for the people that, that were mocking him. He was doing it for the people that were beating him, punching him. That's something. Prophesy who hit you. The what? That, you know, his spirit had to come out for love. For that love. The love of God. A love that surpasses all understanding. Amen. So we have to understand that the spirit on the inside of us we can use when it comes to love. Because we have to understand that our love worketh, our faith worketh by love. Amen. So you can't be out of love and, you know, trying to use your faith and all this. It won't work. Because the Bible tells us that our love, that our faith, I'm sorry, our faith worketh by love. And that we know that we receive faith by hearing the word. Amen. So that's what we're doing here. So you guys are going to be full of faith leaving here. And you're going to be full of faith knowing who the greater one and who qualifies you to be greater in the earth. Amen. So um, once again, that we need our love for that. We need belief because we got to believe in the one working on the inside of us. So turn to John 14, verse 12, and then we're going to skip down to read verse 28. Amen. So we need that faith to keep moving in this. That You know, it's not just going to happen. But we have to believe on purpose for greater. We have to believe on purpose to rise. And not it's not just going to happen because we came to youth camp. But it's the faith that we re- receiving from the word that's going to cause us to enter into more. So John 14, verse 12, and verse 28. Okay, and it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, once again, believeth, it's going to take faith in him, the one. And it says, On me, the works that I do, he shall also, also in greater works than these shall he do. Amen. So he's telling us because of the greater one inside of us, all the, all the things that we saw Jesus do in the earth, healing the sick, walking on water, you know, casting out demons. He said that the works that I did, you shall do greater. That he didn't just come to earth to show off and do some great stuff and be like, all right, see how. No, he said the works that I did in the earth, you are to do also. Greater works than those that you are to do. And it, it reminds me of a quote that I've heard um, Dr. Jacobs use that he was, um, I'm going to paraphrase it. And it talks about how our ceiling should be the floor of those that came before us. That everybody, you know, that we have people imparting into us, our pastors, our youth pastors, that you are to be greater than those that brought you up. So once again, he's saying, Jesus, 
who was in the earth, that you are to do greater works than he did in the earth. That they, we sh- it should not just stop at our leaders, at those bringing us up, but we should rise to the standard, that we should keep rising, that the next generation has something to stretch forth towards, that we should keep rising and keep rising to the greater, to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to keep reading. It says, you should do greater works than I, because I go into my father. Amen. That it's going to take time going to your father to know what you can do. Just like when me and my siblings, when they would tell us, no, it took time for me to go to my dad. I'm like, hey, can I do this? All right. Daddy said I can do it. That's what it's going to take us doing, going to our father and figuring out what we're qualified for, figuring out what we have the authority to do in the earth, what we can loosen the earth and what we can take out of the earth, that we have that authority, but it takes spending time with the father, takes time praying in the spirit, reading the Bible, getting in the word, finding yourself, knowing who you are and what are you called to do in the earth? What are you anointed for? That we're anointed for such a time as this, but what are we anointed for? That we have to figure out those things by talking to him spending time with him. In verse 28, it says, ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the father for my father is greater than I, that he's greater than I, that even Jesus had to go and talk to the father. That just like we learned last night that he didn't, he wasn't just born. He didn't just pop out all knowing and doing these miracles and signs and wonders. But it took time going to the Father, spending time with the Father to figure out what to do in the earth. What am I anointed for this time? Who am I supposed to minister to today in high school? Who am I supposed to go to today in the grocery store? Whatever it may be, that we have to figure out those things. Not just waking up and living life, but waking up knowing what was prepared for me, what miracles are prepared for me to do, what greater is prepared for me to do before I even step out of my house. What what do I need to do in the earth? Because I'm living for more than just me. So we shouldn't just wake up with us on our mind, but wake up with the greater one on your mind. Wake up with what do you need to do through me as your vessel in the earth. That we need to think about those things. Spend time with the Father. Go to the Father because he's greater than we will ever be. He's greater. He is the greatest. Amen? So um, don't turn there, but Acts 6, 9 talks about how Stephen said that he was full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles among the people, that he was not filled with insecurities, he was not filled with fear, he was not filled with self-thoughts, but it said he was filled with faith and power from, you know, that comes from the presence of God, that doesn't come from staying in the presence of your friends, the presence of yourself or whatever, but it comes from the presence of God, faith and power to do miracles in the earth, that we have to raise the standards as youth, I know you're trying to think like miracles, I'm not there yet, but you got to start today, that greater starts today. It doesn't start next year at camp. It starts today, right now. What greater are you to do in the earth that we have to, you know, stretch yourself, amen? Stretch yourself. Uh, Jerry, wake up. (laughs) Okay, so it's full of great faith and power, amen, that he did miracles. He was not full of all these different things, but he was filled with the image of God. In Luke 19, it talks about how it was a noble man, and that he went off to, you know, take over this kingdom. And he left, he had ten servants, and he left each of them a pound money, okay? Then he came back, and he was trying to see what they all accomplished with what he gave them. And um, the first one came back, and he was like, um, from that pound, I've gained ten pounds. And he's like, all right, I'm going to give you ten cities. And then another one, the second one came and was like, um, from that one pound, I gained five pounds. And he's like, all right, I'm going to give you five cities. And then another one came, you know, he thought he was doing great things. He came, he was like, Lord, 
I saved what you gave me. I kept it hid. I got it. I still have it. I didn't lose it. It's, nobody even knew I had it. I have it. Nobody stole it. Nothing. And he got mad at him because the whole point of leaving them that money, that wealth, was not for them to sit on it, but to do what he would do with it in the earth. So we have been given the greater one on the inside of us. We have been given great abilities, great things to do in the earth, not for us to hold in. You're receiving great words here at camp. You're receiving impartations. And they're not for you to go home and hide them. They're not for you to hide them and keep it. God, I got that healing anointing. I still have it. No, it's for you to go out into the earth and use it. It's for you to take, use it, occupy it how he would use it in the earth. Amen. Not to hide it, but to let, let it go into the earth. Use it how he would use it. Minister how he would minister. Heal how he would heal. Deliver how he would deliver. Amen. Amen. So John 1, 5. No, John 1, 51. John 1, 51. And it says, you can turn there if you want. And it says, and he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Amen. So we have to understand that that was something greater. That's greater. For the heaven to open up and angels to ascend and descend, that's greatness. And that means for us that we have angelic help in the earth. That we have to understand that our abilities that we are to do in the earth are beyond our abilities, that it's going to take the greater one on the inside of you. And he's also giving you servants, your angels, to help you in your ministry in the earth, that there's greater things for you to do. So we have to get outside of ourselves, get outside of our will, our desires, our plans for our lives, and get into what he has planned. What does he have planned to you, for you to do? What does he have planned for you to do with your angels? What, what is their plan, prepared plans for you to do in the earth? Amen? So Philippians 1, 6, turn there. Philippians 1, 6. We have to understand, once again, that everything that we are called to do, that he's going to supply what we need to do. That He's not going to send you out to do these miracles in the earth and just hey, go out there. No, he's going to give you what you need to do them. He's going to supply you with who you need to do them. He's going to give you everything. Everything is prepared, what you need to do in the earth. That he's not just going to send you out in your own ability, in your own power, but he's given you. He's given you great. He's given you more. He's given you abundant to do the things in the earth that he would do in the earth. Amen. So Philippians 1, 6, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work on, in you, a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's talking about a work. That means somebody has to do it. That's a job. Somebody has to do it. Okay. So he's not saying that we have to perfect ourselves. He's not saying that we have to fix ourselves, that we have to be the good, the good child on our, in ourselves. But he's saying, I will perform the good work on the inside of you, that I will continue to progress you in the greatness that is prepared for you, that I'm going to do the great things on the inside of you, that it's not your job to fix yourself. It's not your job to do the things, the great things in the earth, but it's me that's going to perform these things. Day after day, as you, you get in my face, as you behold me, as you get in my word, that you're going to move and you're going to progress without even knowing it, that you're going to progress into what he created you to be, that it's his job to do these things. So turn to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5. Amen. And uh, that scripture also makes me think of my dad's garden. That he, <laughs> he made a little garden in the back of our house. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's not little, it's big. Okay. 
But he made a garden, okay? And, um, you know, I've seen him out there working and stuff like that. Okay, he's the one working on the garden and all that stuff. But, you know, every day I pull up, and I'm thinking, like, did somebody just plant that in there? Because I'm seeing it, you know, progress as I'm pulling up to the house day by day. But we have to understand that, that he's doing the work. That even, you know, my dad's not even doing that work. But when you just put the seed in the ground, that it's going to grow. So just like God, when you put these words in your mouth and in your heart, that he's going to progress you, that he's going to move you forward without you even knowing, that you're going to come up and grow and move into more, that it won't be your job, it's not your work, but it's his work that he's going to perform. That's something to confess, to put in your mouth as a seed, that, Father, you're doing this glorious work on the inside of me. You're doing this good work on the inside of me, and it's not my job to worry about, am I going to be good enough? Am I going to qualify to heal people? Am I going to qualify to do this, to do what you called me to do? But it's his job to do it, okay? So, uh, what, Philippians, no, John 14, amen. Okay, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. <laughs> Corinthians 3, verse 5. And we're going to skip down to verse 18. It says, now that we are sufficiently qualified in ourselves to claim anything as coming, we are not, sorry, we are not, um, not that we are sufficiently qualified in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency and qualifications come from God. Sorry, this is an amplified. So once again, that he's saying that the things that we are to do, the things that, you know, he's called us to do, that we do not qualify them for ourselves, that we do not have the credentials to fix ourselves. We do not have the credentials to do the miracles in the earth. To, you know, we, we do not have the credentials to do these things. But he's saying that the greater one on the inside of us qualifies us to do these things, that he's given us authority to do the things in the earth. And it says, and, verse 18, and we all with unveiled face continually, continually keep moving in the word, keep moving in the word, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Amen. So he's telling us that, that we're going to go from glory to glory, that we're going to be- behold him, that we are going to mirror him, but it's going to be progressively that we're doing this, and that it's his job that he's going to do this, not our job, that we are moving into more, that we're, we're beholding him. We're going to be his image, his representations in the earth. Amen. Amen. So... Um, this also, this whole, um, what God gave me just reminds me also of Smith Wigglesworth, uh, he, his prophecy about the revival, that he said that this revival is going to be a revival of spirit and word, the people that are strong in spirit and word. And he goes on to talk about everything that's going to happen in the revival, that the hospitals would empty out, that people would be running down the street screaming about God and, you know, his glory, his power, his love. And then at the end, it goes on to talk about, he said that, He said, God is going to use young men and women that are not greatly known or greatly appreciated, but by their hands, he's going to do great works. So we have to understand that we are going to be used in the revival, that we are revival, amen? And he's using us to do this work, amen? But it's not us that's going to do it. Notice he said people that are not greatly known and appreciated, that he has to use humble people that, no, I'm I'm not anything, I'm not, I'm not nothing, (laughs) But with him, I can do all things. With the greater one on the inside of me, I can do all things. That he's going to use us when we realize the authority and the qualifications that we have, not in ourselves, but in him, the greater one on the inside of us. Amen? So 1 John 3.20. 1 John 3.20. 
So we have to, you know, we just got to keep pressing towards it, getting more revelation about him, his greatness, what he can do in us, what he's trying to do through us, that he's waiting on us, remind you. He's waiting on us, that we're not waiting on God to take over. We're not waiting on God's spirit to drop down. We're not waiting on that, but it's already here. Things are already prepared and lined up. But he's waiting on us to understand our qualifications in him. He's waiting for us to understand the authority that we have in him and to do the works boldly. Amen. Loudly. Amen. That word greater also means loud. That I am loud in the earth what I'm doing with God. I'm loud in my schools. You're not going to quiet me down what God is trying to do in the earth. You're not going to quiet me down about God's standards. But we're going to rise up and then we're going to keep the generations moving up and moving forward towards God's glory. That when Jesus comes back, that we will be a glorious church. That we're not going to be a broken down bride coming up, Jesus. You made it. No. But you know when you, know when you get married, that you want your bride coming down the aisle, man, looking glorious, looking nice. Not that she just got ganged before she came to the wedding with a black eye. No. So as a church, he does not want us to look defeated by Satan. But he wants us as a glorious bride, a glorious church walking forward towards him, full of power, full of strength, full of his glory full of his greatness. Amen. So 1 John 3.20, that um, sometimes when we're moving forward, that not only can Satan disqualify us, but ourselves, that we can disqualify ourselves by looking at ourselves once again. At, you know, what we've done in our past about what we, all, what we can do. I know I can only do this, you know. But, you know, a lot of times we can think about ourselves like, I don't, I'm not good at anything, but God's great at everything. Then he's on the inside of you, okay. And also, we have to look at him, at ourselves in his image. That I know um, a lot of times we can uh, put ourselves in the category of being shy. That I'm shy, I'm this, I'm, you know, i got to warm up to you and all that. No. That he said the louder one is on the inside of you, the greater is on the inside of you. So there's no excuse of you being shy. There's no excuse of you being quiet and got to warm up to anything. That you need to step forth, press to what he needs you to do. Seniors, just do it. Amen. <laughs> okay, so 1 John 3.20, it says, for if our hearts condemn us, once again, that we can condemn ourselves, that we can condemn ourselves and count ourselves out for his glory, count ourselves out for what he needs us to do, that we, you know, we can make mistakes, that we can fall down. And a lot of times that the devil will help you condemn yourself. He will help you bring those thoughts up in memories about what you've done. But once again, that you have to cast that down and say, no, the greater one is moving in me. That I'm not moving in my own ability. I'm not moving out of my own will, but the greater one is moving in me. Amen. So it says, if for if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. That he's greater than the condemnation that we can put upon ourselves. He's greater than your past. He's greater than any thoughts that can come against you to say that you don't qualify to heal people. You were just drinking last year. You don't qualify to cast out demons. You were just doing this or whatever. But know that he is greater than our hearts. He's greater than our condemnation. Amen. That Jesus was put on the cross for that. So we have to move forward. And it says, and knoweth all things. That he knows all things. That with us, that we can look at our past and just see our past. But it's saying that he knows all things. That he sees your future. He knows beforehand what all you're supposed to be doing. And all you're looking at is what you've done. That he's saying he knows all things. That he's greater than what your past is. He's greater than what you can see. Amen. That I'm praying, you know, that there's clarification coming to us about who we are. How many of y'all were like contacts or glasses? Okay. So I know like when I went to get my, uh, my contacts and glasses that they put you under that little, whatever, the, those things on your eyes, and they keep going until you can see. 
and they keep going, that's what we're going to be doing when we're getting the word. That keep pressing forward until you can see clearly who you are. Keep going forward until you can see the greatness that he needs you to do in the earth. Keep going forward until the miracles and wonders are happening. Keep going forward to the glory set before us. Amen? Amen. So, um, 1 John 3.20, that is talking about that we are not to condemn ourselves. In Romans 8.1, it says, there is therefore... There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So you're walking in the spirit, that there's no condemnation that can touch you. Amen, that we do need to repent and turn back and turn away from our sinful nature and our sinful ways and turn to the Father, turn to his image, turn to his glory, turn to his words, what he's spoken over us to give birth to new things. Turn to that and turn away. That's what repentance means. It doesn't mean I'm sorry or I got caught, but it means to turn back to the Father to turn back to his glory, to turn back to your future, amen, so that we, we have to understand that there's no condemnation in the flesh. You're going to be condemned if you're walking in the flesh, but when we're walking in the greater one inside of us, that there's, there's no condemnation. There's freedom. Where his spirit is, there is freedom, amen, and uh, last thing I'm going to quote, Luke 15, it talks about the prodigal son. It's talking about the prodigal son, and uh, I know many of us know that story, but I'm going to paraphrase it. And the prodigal son, um, he was the son of a king, and the king, it was time, you know, he had an inheritance waiting for them, prepared, stored up. And the son wanted his inheritance early. So the king gave it to him. He took the money, went out and spent it on filthy, dirty things. And then he came to his point of repentance, that he realized the life that I'm living is not the real me. What I'm out here doing is not the real me. So he turned back, and it said he turned back and went to his father. And his father saw him coming from afar, that God sees you coming from afar, that he sees you pressing towards him from the sin, from everything that you've been through, that he sees you coming and pressing forward, that he saw him coming, he fell, he fell on his neck, he embraced him, that he hugged him. And not only did his father, you know, that his request when he came back was, oh, take me in as a servant, you know, because uh, he, he felt, co- he still had a sense of condemnation about what he did, that he said, take me back as a servant. And, uh, he didn't take him back as a servant. He took him back as his son. But not only did he take him back as his son, he took him back even greater. That he, he put him back in a greater position than he left. That he put him back with some shoes on, with a robe, with a ring on. That when we are messing up, that we have to understand that God's going to put you back greater. That he doesn't want you at the same level. That he's going to put you back greater than you did before. Amen. That, so there's, we have to forgive ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves of some things that we've done. We have to forgive others of things that we've done. So once again, that our faith work is by love. Amen. Can I get the praise team? Praise team. And then, uh, oop, uh, can you guys sing the second song? What was this? Um, Resurrected King, yes. That song. Um, and then this podium. Somebody move this. I'm going to pray over some people. Amen. Uh, you guys stand.